Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Hoping you're having a very pleasant Friday. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. With me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. We are wrapping up our look at some books written by Mormon authors who feel that the Dead Sea Scrolls support, or at least hint to, some unique Mormon teachings. And unfortunately, they don't give us a lot of primary sources that we can compare the wording, and that makes it very difficult. But you know what, Eric? Unfortunately, a lot of Latter-day Saints don't even need that. All they need to hear is that there is a parallel somewhere, and that's good enough for them. And I would caution you, if you're a Mormon like that, you need to look at this topic, especially, much more deeply than that. When a Latter-day Saint is talking with you and brings up the Dead Sea Scrolls and how that is evidence for Mormonism, I think you need to ask, can you give me something specific to help you with that assertion? Because most Latter-day Saints who say that have never even looked at this topic very deeply. And to the credit of the LDS general authorities, as well as most of the LDS uh, scholars that we've researched in the past 30 years, you're not seeing them try to use this in the same way that Brown, Abbott, and C.H. have tried to do. I give them credit for that. We're not seeing that officially, but you will hear this on the street and then be able to respond by asking for their evidence and then show them that, no, the Dead Sea Scrolls do not support these ideas. You had mentioned the scholars and how we don't find Mormon scholars jumping on this bandwagon. Let me read you a statement by Dr. Stephen E. Robinson, professor at Brigham Young University and also the author of Are Mormons Christians and Believing Christ? On December 7, 1991, there was an article in the Salt Lake Tribune and it was titled, LDS Scholars Renew Interest in Mysterious Dead Sea Scrolls. This is what Professor Robinson said. He said, So far, the plain and precious things have not been restored to us in the Dead Sea Scrolls. If Latter-day Saints would just get a good translation of the already published scrolls, they would discover that the people of Qumran are not Latter-day Saints of former days. Now, that certainly doesn't sound at all from what we are reading in books written by Eugene Seich, which of course is Mormonism, the Dead Sea Scrolls, and Nag Hammadi text, or Dennis K. Brown in his Evidences of the Church, nor in Charles Abbott's book, Immersion in Mormonism. That is a great quote, and my hat goes off to uh, a man that I don't necessarily agree with on most of what he says, but I agree with him completely on this. And if you go to our website, mrm.org slash Dead Sea Scroll Doctrine, with hyphens in between the Dead Sea Scroll Doctrine, you, you can get to that quote. And I think I would show that to any Latter-day Saint who tries to use the same arguments we've been talking about this week and show them that the people of Qumran are not Latter-day Saints of former days. Now, not only was Stephen Robinson quite candid in his assessment of the Dead Sea Scrolls, but we also have Robert Millett. Robert Millett is a very well-known Mormon apologist. Well, he 
made this interesting statement in an article that was titled Bearing Pure Testimony. It was published in the Religious Educator, number one, one number one from the year 2000. And it's long, so you'll have to pay attention, but I think it's very interesting in the way that he says it. So he tells a story. Millet writes, I was asked some years ago by a mission president to speak to his missionaries at a zone conference. We had a lovely gathering and a fine exchange of ideas. I was invited to stay for lunch and visit with the missionaries. I did a great deal of listening and learned much. One of the most interesting conversations revolved around a young couple who were being taught by the missionaries but who were not progressing. They're golden people, one elder said, ripe and ready for membership in the church. They just won't commit to be baptized. Several suggestions were made by the missionaries listening in fasting with them, having the bishop meet with them, intensifying the friendshiping effort, etc., to all of which the first elder said, We tried that. After a long pause, one elder spoke up. Have you given them the scrolls discussion? The first elder responded, No. Do you think this would be a good time for the scrolls discussion? Sounds like the perfect time to me, the second came back. Now, I had never heard of the scrolls discussion. I was dying to know what it was, so I blurted out, What's the scrolls discussion? The second elder looked quizzically at me and said, Surely, Brother Millet, you've heard of the scrolls discussion. I indicated that I had not. The scrolls discussion, he said, involves showing the people how the Dead Sea Scrolls prove the truthfulness of the church. I asked, How do you do that? Well, he replied, As you know, the Dead Sea Scrolls contain information about a group of Christians out in the deserts of Judea. I said, No, they don't. The Dead Sea Scrolls were written by a group of hyper-religious Jews. He said, Oh, I didn't know that. Then the elder followed up. Well, you do know that they had three presiding high priests at the head of their church. I indicated that the leaders of the group were Aaronic priests, not Melchizedek. He went on. Well, there's much doctrine within the Dead Sea Scrolls that proves our church to be true. I commented that the scrolls were interesting historical documents, but did very little for us doctrinally. The exchange went on for about 10 minutes, the elder providing what he thought to be airtight proofs, and me trying to gently let him know that most of what he understood about the Dead Sea Scrolls was simply untrue. I could see the frustration in his eyes. He breathed a sigh and then concluded the conversation with, Well, I'll just say this, the Scrolls discussion has always worked perfectly for me. I thought then, and have since, about all the people who may have come into the church as a result of what they learned in the famous scrolls discussion. I shuddered. It makes you wonder, this stuff gets around in the local ward, and unfortunately, if you don't have a bishop that can curb the enthusiasm of some of these faithful members in this congregation, you could see why this could go all over the place. And that's a great point. And that's why on Monday what we talked about was we don't normally go after books like ones written by lay people that we're talking about here. But we thought it was important to maybe talk about this because while the church isn't officially talking about the Dead Sea Scrolls and while they might not be talking that much about them as a support for Mormonism at BYU, it is what probably many Latter-day Saints are going to tell their Christian friends and others of how this support from Qumran is going to be a reason why they ought to join the Mormon church, and it's totally false. Now, even though the Dead Sea Scrolls have not really come to the aid of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, 
As Christians, we would say it certainly has come to our aid when we are trying to convince Mormons that our Bibles are worth trusting. That's one thing that we do find. Our Bible, from before the discovery of the Dead Sea Scrolls, we had the Masoretic text. Then we get the Dead Sea Scrolls, and that takes us back about a thousand years. And what do we discover in looking at that text, in comparing the older Dead Sea Scrolls with the Masoretic text? You're going to find that there's great accuracy in that thousand-year period, and that thousand-year period could have been ripe for corrupt Catholic priests or transcribers or whatever, whoever were involved in transmitting that text, to be able to put their own thoughts in, to erase whatever they wanted, and to be able to make a whole new theology. But what it did show, the Qumran discovery, the Dead Sea Scrolls, have helped us to say, no, we have great authenticity with the Masoretic text from the 10th and 11th centuries, the earliest text we had before, and we can go before the time of Christ, even the entire book of Isaiah, and be able to show how accurate this is. And even the prophecies, for instance, found in Isaiah, written at least 125 years before Christ was even born, to be able to have the verses that we have, for instance, in Isaiah 53, the suffering servant, so many things that we have in Isaiah. In fact, our friend Joel Kramer likes to say, if you're going to find one book in complete form, and Isaiah was the only book that was found in complete form, then find the book of Isaiah. You had mentioned earlier the expression corrupt Catholic priests, and that's a phrase that Mormon leaders have used in the past, that somehow the established religion, the Roman Catholic Church, in the eyes of many Latter-day Saints, was somehow able to gather all the very many manuscripts and, and make alterations and take out plain and precious truths. That's a phrase that Mormons often use. That, to me, is one of the greatest conspiracy theories that could ever be concocted upon the earth. There is no possible way that that could have ever happened. If you're a Latter-day Saint listening to us, Please think through some of the things that you've probably heard in the local ward. If you think them through, hopefully you will see there is no possible way that those conclusions can be true. Reject them. Reject any of this nonsense that there is somehow a comparison between the Dead Sea Scrolls and the Qumran community and Mormonism as it's understood today. There just is not that kind of a parallel. But if there's anything we learn from the scrolls, our Bibles are worth trusting. Article 8, you believe the Bible to be the Word of God as far as it's translated correctly? Well, if you really believe that, then you should be trusting the Bible. I think what the Dead Sea Scrolls does, along with the New Testament scholarship that we have, and especially in recent years, how much more has been found, but it shows that the Mormon leadership, starting with Joseph Smith and right on through, did not have any clue as to how accurate our Bibles are. Now, in this series, we've been citing a, no, uh, a couple of scholars, one Jody Magnus, but another Dr. Randall Price. And I think we should end the show, Eric, with what Dr. Price has to say about the accuracy of the Old Testament text, because I think it puts everything in perspective. He said, every person with a cursory knowledge of the Dead Sea Scrolls has been told they are significant because they confirm for us the accuracy of the Old Testament text. This is true, and it was one of the most obvious benefits derived from discovering the scrolls. I pray 
that Latter-day Saints could understand clearly what Dr. Price is saying in that small little paragraph, because it really shows that we do have a Bible that is worth trusting. And again, as we mentioned earlier, the Dead Sea Scrolls could not have been written any later than A.D. 68. That's when the Romans came in on the scene. Now, many scholars feel that the scrolls were probably finished around A.D. 50, but there's no way you can date them any later than A.D. 68. That we know. Price also says this on page 126 of his book, Secrets of the Dead Sea Scrolls. Before the Dead Sea Scrolls were found, the biblical text of the Old Testament was known only from a text dating to the Middle Ages. The earliest known complete Hebrew manuscript of the Old Testament was the Ben Asher Codex in the Public Library of Leningrad. This was our oldest copy of the Bible dating to about 81,008. Because of the vast amount of time that passed between the writing of the originals and the 10th century copy, it was assumed that generations of scribes had entered mistakes of transmissions into the Bible text. These doubts were settled forever with one of the first scrolls discovered, which was a copy of the entire book of Isaiah. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism. As with most Christian organizations, Mormonism Research Ministry depends on the generous financial support of friends like you. If you like what we do and how we do it, would you consider helping MRM meet its financial obligations? Merely go to our website, mrm.org. At the right, you'll see a donate button. Click there and follow the instructions. MRM is a Christian nonprofit 501c3 organization and your gifts are tax deductible. Not only that, they are greatly appreciated. Thank you for your support of this ministry.